Howdy. Good morning, y'all. I've, uh, I wasn't nervous until Keith started singing a new song. I'm like, I got no idea when I'm supposed to walk up here. So I was like, I feel like I, maybe I should get up, maybe I shouldn't. So anyway, we made it up here. Uh, today we're in Second Peter, uh, just kind of ironically, without any uh, real planning. Uh, Andy, a few weeks ago, uh, did Acts 2 of uh, Peter's big sermon uh, where lots of people were saved. Uh, last week, Eric did when Peter, um, when Jesus called Peter to be a disciple, uh, to become a fisher of men. Um, today, we're basically at the end of Peter's life. Um, you know, this is the book he wrote um, right before he died. Um, so we've kind of had a little mini-series ser- on just Peter. Um, so I just thought that was fun. Um, but let's pray. Dear Father, just thank you for who you are and just thank you for loving us. Just open your word to us today and just... Um, just allow me to say the things that you want me to say and just help me not to say the things that I don't need to say. Just let everything come from you and let us just depend on you to change our lives. In your name, I pray. So that will read Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promise, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, 
as our Lord Jesus Christ has made very clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this, uh, Andy, I don't know if you, sometime in the past, I don't know when it was, I'm not real good with details sometimes. <laughs> sometime in the past, you're like, hey, find your favorite scripture, favorite story, whatever. Uh, you know, you and Blue and Eric and Keith are going to do all this stuff. And I was, you know, you kind of sit there and you wonder. And uh, So anyway, we did this. Uh, actually, this week, Andy and I sat down and we... I, we read it, and we sat there, and we uh, we had a really good time there for a while. Uh, and Andy just kept just saying, "He goes, this is good. This is just so good." <laughs> and then, luckily, he encouraged me that I wasn't gonna have to say anything today, so no pressure. Y'all got to say it all. <laughs> so I'm counting on y'all. So with that. Uh, kind of the same format, you know, reading this, what does this say about God, Uh, you know, what do you see about humanity, and then a little later, we'll, after we kind of get those, what does that, uh, what's the daily application, or what's the life application for us, so with that, it's up to y'all. Yeah, so God, gave us everything, we need for a godly life. God has offered us abundant assurance 
of who he is. Can I pick on you and just say, say more about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so for this very reason, make effort. What... So here's a question. Just what is what is our is it is it really our effort? This is class participation. So I have one vote for no. Make yourself available. Yeah. So. Be available. Be open to God. Yeah, it ends with love. Um, so this, you know, just to be wide open, uh, several weeks back, I was eating lunch, uh, and I just, I just happened to, you know, I'm like y'all. I don't, I don't know everything. Uh, I was sitting there. I was talking to Andy, and I was like, "Hey, there's this list in here, and like I see this list." Um, you know, I was like, "Tell me, like, do an Andy Hale on this list for me." You know, like, tell me something smart about this list so it, you know, makes sense to me, and I can seem really smart to all of y'all. And, you know, I was like, hey, uh, you know, look all this up and start here and, you know, whatever verse that is, verse, verse 5. So, you know, um, he in all of his smartness starts in verse 3, doesn't start where I told him to start. Um, but it, but it, there in 3, his divine power has given us everything we need, which is where we started, actually. Like, God has given us all this stuff. Like, it's not in our power that we go and do this list. It's still in God's power. And just in, just in my own life, just in, just in this list, uh, I think for years in my Christian life, how I lived was uh, like I had faith. I felt like I was saved. I made faith goodness. Like I felt like I was good. And then goodness knowledge. Like I actually made an idol out of knowledge. And then through knowledge, I was, I was able to kind of look good, appear good, act good, do stuff like that. Um, but that's kind of where I stopped. And I was doing all that through my own power. Like I had just, you know, just from being a good kid, from being raised in church, from having good parents, from doing all of that, um, I was able to do that. And it wasn't until later on in life 
you know, after I realized I was the worst person in the world through different things that I had done, that I realized I'm like, this, this self-effort and this self, like, I'm bad, I'm corrupt, I'm black, I'm full of sin. That God has to be the one driving it all. Like, it, it can't be just a self-effort of me. Like, it has to be Jesus living inside of me. It has to be me, the new creation, with, with God at the center and me denying myself. Um, and that was, that was a hard thing for me to learn. Um, but I do think God in me now has helped me walk further past in this list. Does that make sense? Um, like trying, trying to within yourself live a Christian life, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Like it's, it's what the Pharisees did. I mean, I was basically just a good Pharisee and you can live very comfortably in church life living as a Pharisee. Um, you can look good here on Sunday mornings. You can act right. You can dress right, do all this stuff. And you can kind of live a, a good, uh, what's the right, uh, Bible Belt life Monday through Saturday. But God may not really actually be controlling your life. Another truth? God gives us faith. To build our life, our yeah, I'm going to say life. <laughs> so she said. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All. Yeah. It all. It does all start here with with faith. Um, but it it is God that's giving us all of that. So last night I was reading through all this again, and uh, you know, up up here, like in verse three, when. Uh, Godly life through our knowledge of him who is called by his glory and goodness. You know, like in a way I saw that as that's basically when we're, we're justified. Like that's when we're saved, you know. We, we finally see who God is. Like we understand who Jesus is. We see that he's good. Uh, so that's like salvation. Uh, you know, up here, so I can't write that, but... <laughs> 
That's salvation. Um, we get to this. Is that going to write? Yeah, we get to this part. Uh, really, that's sanctification. Uh, so I don't know how to. I don't know how to spell that. Uh, but we'll say that's sanctification. Um, and then. Uh, uh, down here, uh, he talk, Peter talks about when he's going to die. Uh, so that's actually glorification. Um, as long as he lives in his tent, make every effort. Um, So I kind of saw that as, you know, there at the beginning, you see who God is. This list is when you're sanctified. That's you living the life. God is, is growing all these things in your life, making you more, more like him. Uh, it ends up with love, which seems appropriate. Um, but the whole... You know, that's our Christian life. But what is, like, what, what changes everything for us? Like, it all goes back to Jesus. It all goes back to um, the gospel. Just what did Jesus do? Like, he lived a perfect life. He died rose again. I mean, that is his power. That's his authority. I mean, that is everything. And then just everything can be just about the, about the gospel. Um, just several years ago, I was sitting... I was just joking, kind of joking around. And I was asking some hard questions just about life and different stuff. Um, and I was, I was going to go meet a guy, and I was going to go talk to him about some different things. And I just said, what, what if just everything could be about the gospel? And I think, and I, and I just said, like, what if, what if every question he asked I just said, how does that apply to the gospel? And so we kind of joked around about it, and then kind of later on, and you read, we ended up reading passage like this, and you're just like, I think it is all about the gospel. And, I, and that's what Peter's saying here, even too, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, I know, but... Um, It says in here that, here in verse 12, So I'll always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. So he's, he's talking about, hey, you know who Jesus is. You know what your life is with Jesus. I'm going to constantly remind you of that. I mean, this is Peter, 
He knows he's about to die. Like, he has done, he has lived life with Jesus. Seen him on the Mount of Transfiguration, denied him, you know, called him back. Uh, you know, he's, he has lived life with Jesus. Seen, seen him after the resurrection. Um, and he's like, the only thing that I want you to hear from me is the life of Jesus is what, is what matters. The gospel is the only thing that matters. The life, death, resurrection of Jesus is what matters. I'm going to remind you of nothing else but the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it changes your life. You know, you start with faith. Jesus does all these things in you through his power, and then you live a, you live a life based on the gospel. Um, and then there in 13, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will be soon put it to a side. And then he's like, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Like it's, hey, the only thing, when I'm alive, the only thing I'm going to tell you about is Jesus. While I'm, while I'm about to die, the only thing I want to remind you of is who Jesus was. When I'm dead, the only thing I hope that you remember is who Jesus was. And I think that, you know, that's why Andy gets up here on Sunday mornings and he's like, hey, when we read this, what does it say about who Jesus is? If this is one continuous story about who God is, let's see what it says about who God is. Like, there's other characters that pop in, pop out. I mean, Peter's about to die. He'll be gone. What's it say about who Jesus is? I'll be quiet for a minute. I'll let y'all talk. Another truth about God? Yeah, I just, he was talking about when on there on the Mount of Transfiguration there in Matthew and uh, the other verse there. I don't remember what you said. Luke. Is it in Luke? Yeah. Um, you know, they're on the Mount of Transfiguration and you kind of, the when Jesus is baptized, uh, you kind of, they hear God talk there also. Uh, Mount of Transfiguration. Um, they hear like God talk. Uh, it's, it, 
to me, it's weird in the, in the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, you know, they said, like, hey, let's go tell everybody. And Jesus is like, hey, don't, don't tell anybody about this until after the resurrection. Um, and I just thought it was ironic. You know, now here Peter is. It's after the resurrection. Uh, he's like, hey, we heard that voice on the Mount of Transfiguration. Like, we saw all this stuff going on. Uh, that would be a life-changing moment to <laughs> be up there on that mountain and see all that going on. Uh, another truth about God? that in a sentence. <laughs> yeah. We can trust. What the Bible says even more than our experience. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can get myself in trouble on that, but uh, what a wonderful thing it is to have the Bible. Like, holy, inspired by God, we have the Bible at our fingertips to see, like to, to peer into who God is. Like, what a valuable living word that we have that can cut into our heart, that we can see and trust and understand um, through the Holy Spirit, like, opening our eyes to who, who God is, who Jesus is. Like, and to be able to trust that even more than, I mean, my experience, like, I feel like my experience can throw me for a loop. The Bible can make things clear. That's good. Something else? I'm so up on the screen, wherever that is. I'm I'm gonna write community. Is that spelled right? 
C-O. <clears throat> I'm terrible at spelling. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that. I can spell amoxicillin, though. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so if you couldn't hear Adam, uh, Adam said basically us coming here together, being, a, being in a group, uh, whoever's up here, just reminding each other of who God is. And I do think, like, as, as, as good as it is to come here on Sunday mornings and to be reminded from, you know, me or Andy or Adam or Keith or whoever, um, absolutely, what we're, what we're doing here, like I've, I've, I've said Sunday mornings should be like a pep rally. Like, you should come, you should hear stories, you should see, should see, like, hey, God's working in this guy's life, God's working in this person's life. Like, yeah, I'm encouraged, like, yeah, I'm ready to go throughout the week now. But also, we need more than this kind of community. We need to be in community groups. You need to have a few people in your life that you get together with on a regular basis and you have intentional conversations about who God is. And, uh, you know, anybody can, like, we're trying to, we're trying to prove if, if a bumbling idiot like me can get up here and, and go through this, like, you and another three or four people can get together and, and read a chapter and just be like, hey, what does this say about who God is? And you can do life together. Like, you should know when that person's having a bad day, when that person's upset with their spouse, when that person's having trouble with their kids. Like, really share life together. And then when that person is going through a hard time, like, you're together. You know they're going through a hard time. You're there to encourage them and to remind them, hey, Jesus is better. Like, whatever you're having issues with right now, let's look to Jesus and see how that speaks into your life. And I just encourage all of you, and it doesn't have to be something officially here at this church. It can be. We're trying to, like, that, we're trying to have that kind of stuff where that can happen here but if that's somebody at your workplace and they're they go to church wherever that's fine get together and have an intentional relationship with them and talk about who Jesus is talk about what the gospel says in your life like that's that is our hope and prayer that all of us in here will be intentionally in relationships with other people, helping point other people to who Jesus is. And then when you forget, like, hey, I stumble, I fall, I mess up, I goof up, to have somebody that can come alongside you and be like, hey, you remember who Jesus is? 
Do you remember what the gospel says about this? And the gospel, I mean, the gospel is the complete, the complete thing. Like, we are broken, messed up people. That happened in Genesis. Adam and Eve messed up, goofed up. Genesis 3, God comes and sacrifice, uh, kills the animals, um, you know, blood sacrifice, covering for the sin, paying for the sin, covers up their nakedness. And the, the rest of the Bible is a story about how God is trying to restore us back into a relationship with him. Like we messed it up, we goofed it up. God pursues after us, finds us, makes it where it's through Jesus, through the crucifixion, makes it where we can be restored back to him and have a restored life living with God. Like if you're having trouble with forgiveness, you're having trouble with the gospel. If if you don't know how to raise your children, look at the gospel. Like it speaks to all of it. Um, and that's and that's kind of I think geared toward application. But like me as a boss, how do I relate to my employees? You know, the gospel speaks to that. Me as a husband, how do I relate to my kids? The gospel speaks to that. Me as a person that lives in Mount Juliet, living in the community, the gospel speaks to that. How do I, how do I relate to my neighbor next door? The gospel speaks to that. And you see... Peter unapologetic, un, un, unapologetically saying, hey, the only thing that matters is this. It, like, we're never moving on to something different. Like, it's never going to be, hey, once we fully figure out what the gospel is, then there's a more, there's a PhD program we'd like you to go to. Uh, it's going to be the gospel plus something else. There is nothing else to move on to. It is only Jesus. Jesus, if we ever talk about anything other than Jesus, we're talking about the wrong thing. If we're ever living our life for anything other than Jesus, we're living our life for the wrong thing. Some Somebody else? Do... That's another. I, so, let me, if I say this right, like God, God gives us free will. How did you phrase that?
yeah, the, I hope y'all could hear it because he probably said it better than I can say it. But it, it really is like living with your life with your hands open. Like just constantly saying, hey, this isn't my will, but God, whatever you want to. Like, hopefully we do that with our kids, right? Like, sometimes you, you see people that just want to hang on to their kids and like, I want to live my life through my kids or, but you got to let them go. Like, even with your spouse, like, sometimes you just want to hang on to them, you know, but you got to let, and you realize one, that God ultimately is always in control. And a lot of times we fight, like, we think we're smarter, we think we're better, um, but how much better is it when we just release it all and let him control it? Somebody else? Yeah, every, everything is in God's hands. But how quickly, like, you know, just me, like how quickly do I want to take it back? I feel like, you know, my kids, they, they're here. You know, I want to live my life, you know, all the time I say, if people just do what I tell them, they'd be better off. <laughs> um, and I, I know I do that with my kids. Like, if you just do what I say, you'll be so much better. But, you know, some days I, I feel like I do good about, hey, let my kids go. Other days I feel like I don't. I, like, want to grab them and, like, make every decision for them. They're getting older, so I'm trying to let them make their own decisions. Some of them. A lot of them. Good luck, Ben. <laughs> uh, so with all that, like, what is, what is some life application? And I've talked about some of it already, but We should be thankful. Thankful for what we're given. Even the small things. What's another application?
what, what should we try hard? What should we try hard to do? I mean, didn't we just do the Great Commission, basically? Make disciples? Like, you've got to learn it before you can teach it and make a disciple. Um, We can always stand on his promises. Like, like if, if we ever want to accuse Andy of saying Jesus too much, like, <laughs> we're wrong. <laughs> like, even, even to come in here, you know, what Andy does is, is different than what's going on in a lot of churches. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people want to come in here and hear a, a three-point sermon. And I've, I've wanted that. Like, I've, I was fortunate. I sat under Andy for a long time. When he came in, uh, he wore a suit and a tie, a big old fat knot. And he, uh, I mean, he would, he would, the only word coming to me is pontificate. I'm not even sure I know the meaning of that word. But he, he could get up and, and say a very, very impressive sermon. And y'all probably aren't surprised by that. And, for years, I just think in my life, I was 
I was proud of that. I was proud to be going to a church where I could be gaining all of this knowledge under his leadership. And I was, and I was wrong for that because I would, I would gain all of that knowledge and that knowledge stopped with me. It's where it ended. And, and I looked good on Sunday and I did all my stuff and then I went to work and I just did life like everybody else did. I, you know, I didn't get in big trouble. I didn't get, you know, I wasn't in jail or anything. Um, probably like spiritually I was, <laughs> I just didn't know it. Uh, but so, you know, Andy has basically forced Sunday morning to kind of look different in here in the hopes that Y'all won't fall like I did back then. That just just knowledge isn't isn't the end goal. Knowledge isn't where that stops. Like the goal is to be, hey, to, let's open up the Bible and learn who God is. Like, thank thankfully the elders, you know, Andy, Adam, and Keith. You know, the, the elders here, you know, they are doing their job to equip the church to make disciples. And basically what the three of them has decided is, hey, let it, let it be kind of awkward in here. Let, let there be some dialogue back and forth. Let it not be a perfectly scripted Sunday morning. And like, let's actually teach people when they come here on Sunday mornings how to read the Bible how to open the Bible and see who God is and if if that's all we ever do I think as a church I'm, I'm happy with that that's why I'm here that's why my family's here um, you know if my kids can go to college and they can open their Bible in their dorm room in Paris. And they can sit there and say, hey, I know, I, knew God, I know who God is better now after just reading that than I did before I just read it. Because the Spirit taught that to me. My life as a parent is hallelujah, you know? Uh, any other application? We need to pay more attention to Scripture. Another one? Yes? Um, huh. I need to hand you a mic. <laughs> uh, uh, 
see. We don't need to let humanity define who we are. But let God define who we are. I mean, if if that would be the only thing you hear today, <laughs> just let hear that. Don't listen to social media. Don't look at Instagram. Don't look at Facebook. Don't look at TV. Look at the Bible and let the Bible define who you are. I'm a child of God, and that's enough. I'm made in his image. That's enough. God loves me. That's enough. Like, if I have a thousand friends, great. If I have zero friends, great. It doesn't matter because God defines who I am. If, if God loves, you know, you know, y'all, y'all know like the cool kid growing up. Like if, if that cool kid just like me, then man, I'd be all right. Well, God loves you. God pursues you. God will do anything to come find who you are, where you're at, to have a relationship with you. The creator of the universe, the guy that rose from the dead, the guy that spoke and everything started, that person wants to have a relationship with you. Don't let social media or whatever define who you are. Now, my wife says I'm deaf, and I probably am, <laughs> but I couldn't hear you. <laughs> yeah, verse 5. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a, like a test in a way, I don't, to see how mature you are, how many people do you love? Like, do you really love people? I mean, there's, there's a lot of people I don't want to love, you know? But yeah, he, what he said, if you couldn't hear, like there starting in verse five, it kind of is a progression of, your spiritual life. Um, 
And I think you do kind of end up there at the end at, at love. Um, like, do we, do, we, do we love people enough to pray for them? Do we love people enough to tell them who God is? Um, you know, are there, or are there people that you would, you don't want to love, that you, you want to choose to ignore, you want to pretend they don't exist? Yeah. Yeah, and I think even there in verse 3, it goes back to he has given us everything we need for a godly life. Every, like this list, and that's, this list, like you give a list task person a list, and they're like, I love a list. I'm going to go do everything on this list. Like, you need, you're messing up. You're, you've already, you're already wrong. Like, don't do the list. Let God do it in you. Um, and when, when God's working in your life and, and alive in your life, this, this list will happen, but it's through God's power, not our own effort. Right, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't look at the list as a checklist. Uh, just, just know that God is working in your life on a daily basis to make you more like him. And it... Yeah, yeah, and even, you know, it talks about here the... Whoever does not have all of them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So they are cleansed from their sins. They're just blind. They don't have all of these things. Like, you can, you, you may just still be on milk. You may not be eating meat. I, we'll end it at that. Um, so I think just to kind of wrap up, like, Make your life about the gospel. Like, please make your life about the gospel. If you have questions about relationships or how anything should be, look at the gospel on how that answers that question. And I, I think, uh, you know, allow God to define who you are through the gospel. just you know if we could be like Peter and just be like hey I 
forever I told you about the gospel. I want to keep reminding you of that. I'm never moving to anything else. And the, when I'm on my, when I'm dying, when I know I'm dying, please just remember that it's all about the gospel. Um, Keith's going to come sing a song. There's going to be people up here in the front. If you want to come and pray with them, uh, let's just pray. Dear and Father, just thank you for who you are. Just thanks for opening your word to us and just allowing us to learn more about you and just um, continue to work in this church, continue to work through the elders, and just continue to just be alive and well and just help just help our lives be more about who you are and just help us understand more and more who you are. In your name I pray. Amen.